It's Fire Away Friday. Fire Away Friday. On Exploring the Word, this is your chance to ask us your Bible question at 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. You can also email your question at word at afr.net or visit facebook.com slash exploring the word. Exploring the word. It's Fire Away Friday on American Family Radio. Jeremiah chapter 10. Listen to these verses 6, 7. Inasmuch as there is none like you, O Lord, you are great and your name is great in might. Who would not fear you, O king of the nations? For this is your rightful due. For among all the wise men of the nations and in all their kingdoms, there is none like you. This is Bert Harper along with Dr. Alex McFarlane, and it's Fire Away Friday. And uh, why I would read that verse? Because there's no one like God. He is the one and only. I pray you have trusted him. That number for Fire Away Friday is 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Alex and I love to hear from you. We like to get as many calls on Friday as we can. And Alex, we're looking forward to it, aren't we? Well, we really are. We appreciate everybody listening. And you know, Bert, that scripture uh, that you opened with has this phrase in it, speaking of the Lord, said, King of the nations. I like that, don't you? I do. He's the king of kings, (laughs) but he's also the king of the nations. And folks, we hope he's the king of your heart as well, because Jesus loves you. He's as close by as a prayer, and God has wonderful things for your life. And Bert gave that number. It is 888-589-8840. We will uh, just be honored to have your Bible question today. And uh, first of all, we're going to go down to Texas. And again, Fire Away Friday, uh, we're going to take a break uh, from our study of the book of Acts. We'll resume that on Monday, and this whole hour we'll do questions. And so we're so honored you're listening and calling in. Matthew in Texas, welcome. You're the first caller on today's edition of Exploring the Word. How are y'all doing today? Doing well, brother. How are you? How's things in Texas? Oh, hot. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Yeah. My question I have for y'all is, uh, <clears throat> in the Bible, it speaks of divorce and remarriage, and Jesus said that a man that marries a divorced woman is committing adultery. Now, I am married to a divorced woman. Her ex-husband, I won't go into detail, but physically and emotionally abused her, uh, was uh, cheated on her, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, am I in adultery because I married her, or how exactly does it work? Thank you, Matthew. And we get this question because people want to know and be right with the Lord. Alex, uh, you know, the Bible talks about being in such cases, and we'll expand that in a moment. You're free. That free, I think it means free of the guilt of, of being wrong in the marriage when you've been the, quote, innocent party. But does it mean free to remarry as well? Well, I, I think it, it does. If the person has broken the marriage vows through infidelity, Matthew 5.32 and Matthew 19.9, nine, uh, Jesus says in Matthew 5.32 that se- sexual immorality is the grounds for divorce, uh, really. Um, Matthew 19.9, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. Now, now let me just say this. Uh, 
we know the Bible says that that God, you know, what God has joined, uh, let no man separate. That's in Matthew nineteen six, and God hates divorce. Uh, but there have been, if I can use this word, uh, legitimate divorces, and there have been divorces and marriages that, in the eyes of God and Scripture, were not biblically legitimate. I'm going to say this, Bert, you feel free to disagree. The marriage that God wants to work in is the one that you're in right now. And, Bert, I've, I've counseled with couples that agonize, and I'll say, you know what, we some years ago we married, and it really wasn't scriptural. I say, right, where come to God where you are, as you are, and it can become valid right away as you commit it to God, confess your sins, receive Christ's forgiveness, and then move forward um, having commit. Maybe it didn't start biblically, but it can begin to be biblical today. Bert, what do you say? Amen. Alex, Jan, and I, when we do uh, conferences concerning family and marriage, I mm-hmm. use that same, same wording. The marriage you're in is the one that you need to work on and God wants to use and yes, you may have to go back and confess some sin. Uh, you know, that's that's part of life, Alex. Uh, mm-hmm. As a parent with three boys that I've raised, I've had to go back and apologize to those boys for uh, assuming some things or saying some things. I've had to go back into Jan in our marriage and say, man, I was wrong. So, uh this question I usually ask if I'm remarrying somebody that's been divorced, and I try to do it uh, as gently and as good as I can. But if the if the people who have divorced have not remarried, I usually ask, "Have you done everything that you can do in order to go back and save that marriage? Have you found out? Has there been a change in the person? Has there been you know confession of sin?" And, and and then I'll ask this. I said, what did you learn from your first marriage that would hurt this marriage? So get people to thinking before they remarry. That's always good. And learn from that. And uh, But Matthew, uh, I hope Alex and I have answered your question as sufficiently as he can. And work on that marriage you're in. And, and, and praise the Lord that it can be all that God wants it to be. And, and having given your your heart, your marriage to Jesus, you don't have to walk around in a state of shame and guilt and self-condemnation. Uh, you, your, your marriage might not have started under the blessing of God, but it can begin to be under God's blessing beginning today. We're going to go down to Alabama. Uh, Deb in Alabama, welcome to Exploring the Word. Well, thank you. Um, I have a question. I'm reading Numbers. I think it's the eighth chapter. Like okay. the Levite tribe was so had such detail on how to take care of the tabernacle and all that. Why was the tribe of Judah not there since Christ came from the tribe of Judah? Can you explain those two okay. differences? Great question, Deb. Uh, let me say, uh, Alex, let me try to set this up. I love to do that. And then Alex fill in a lot of the blanks. That's kind of what we do sometimes. But uh, Moses was up on the mountain and the children of Israel began to sin. We won't go into all of that they did, but it was horrible. Judah was a part of that sin. Even the Levites were a part, the tribe of Levi 
Now, this is before they were assigned the job that they had, Deb. But when Moses came down, he asked a question, who is on the Lord's side? Now, Alex, it wasn't the tribe of Judah that stepped up at that time. It was the tribe of Levi, wasn't it? It was the, the Levites. And, you know, it's interesting. Um, the Bible says that Jesus was the firstborn of all creation. And that's uh, Paul writes that. And Judah was the tribe of the firstborn. Uh, the the royal line of that would bring us to Jesus, he would be the lion of the, the tribe of Judah. And so um, Genesis 49, 8 through 10 says, Judah, you are he whom your brothers shall praise. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's children shall bow down before you. In a way, I, I think uh, part of the reason that the Lord was born into the lineage of of Judah is because, in a way, Judah back in the book of Genesis was kind of a a type of Christ, T-Y-P-E, typology. King David was a type of Christ. And th- there were Old Testament figures, and not everything about their life pointed to Jesus, but I think about King Solomon and his reign of peace. That really points to the, the reign of peace worldwide under King Jesus one day. King David who was a, a shepherd, and Jesus is the good shepherd. In a way, Bert, is it fair to say Judah also was a type of Christ? And Jesus, of course, was the incarnation and fulfillment of that symbolism. But uh, Jesus being the firstborn, and he would later be called the, the line of the tribe of Judah, because Judah was powerful. Jesus is a ruler and judge, not only over the nation of Israel, but uh, over the world. Um in the in the sense of typology, wouldn't it be appropriate for Christ to come from the tribe of Judah? It would be. When you see that, I always thought, well, it looked like he would have tried, you know, Joseph, but Joseph got a double blessing with Manasseh and Ephraim. But Levi got a, a choice of servanthood, and Jesus would come from the king, you know, Judah, and the priest, and the, um, excuse me, Messiah, and, and all of that, Alex, but from Levi, he did not come, but he was a, you know, Hebrews talks about Jesus being the high priest from the order of Melchizedek. And mm-hmm. so it's amazing, Deb, when you start reading that, how each one, especially those two tribes, the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Levi, and how God used them and and again, bringing Messiah from the tribe of Judah but also using the Levites of ministering into the temple. And so great question, Deb. I appreciate that. Yes. One last thought, and we'll get another question in before the first break. But um, it says in Genesis 49 that all your father's children will bow down before you. And Philippians 2, 10 and 11 says, At the name of Jesus, every knee would bow and every tongue would confess. So Jesus certainly fulfills that prophecy of Genesis 49. Great, great question, Deb. To what let's do, let's go to Ohio. Uh, Lucy is on Exploring the Word. Welcome. Hi. Um, I am being asked, not forced, but asked to call transgenders at work they and them pronouns. And I was told that the, pre- the they and them pronouns are now defined as being grammatically correct singular. (laughs) And I also um, have been asked to come up with a compromise because I have 
told them that I will not use that, the pronouns. Oh. What do you... Okay, Lucy. Listen, we probably have to go over to the break to come back to this, but that's being fought out in Loudoun County, Virginia right now with a teacher who uh, would not use transgender terms or how they identified themselves. He says, I will call them with the assignment God gave them. It would be against that, and that's being fought out in the court uh, the judge ruled in favor of that teacher to be reinstated after they kicked him out, and now they're trying to uh, overturn that judge. So, Lucy, you're on the front lines of some battles that's taking place right now, isn't she, Alex? Yes, and and I let me encourage you. For one thing, I, I hope everybody is praying for you because you and many, many other faithful workers across the nation are facing similar things. Two things I would say in addition to prayer. Number one, you might want to preemptively call like ADF, uh, the Alliance Defending Freedom, uh, and, you know, pro bono. They're great, like Christian Legal Society and Alliance Defending Freedom. Pro bono uh, will defend you if you find yourself in a, a litigation. The other thing I would say is, and you, you might have to be a sacrificial lamb here. It's going to take some... You know, for progress to happen and for truth to be defended, some people have to kind of get in the firing line. Bert, I wouldn't defend this based on my religious convictions. I would defend it on constitutionality uh, because the enforcement of this transgender inclusive language is actually treason. It is treason it is. because it undermines the preservation of our Constitution. Hey, we want to come back, but that number, we got lines open, 888-589-8840. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Deborah Carr, Acting Director of the Job Corps. She oversees the program that delivers vocational training to young men and women in the United States. Proverbs 12:11 reminds us of the importance of working hard. Those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Deborah Carr as she helps provide job training to young Americans. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Our National Leadership Prayer Journal guides you in daily prayer for our country's leaders and provides historical insights on our nation and scripture. Available now at pausetopray.org. The Bible teaches us how to have a relationship with God. But Dr. Tony Evans says too many people reduce it to just a transaction with God. He'll explain why that's the problem with so-called prosperity theology as we spend two minutes with Tony. Prosperity theology gets people to roll with God because of what they can get from him. And so that will always amass a big crowd. Follow Jesus so he can fill your bank account. Follow Jesus so he can get you a new car, new house, new clothes, new friends, new mates. If you give to God to get, what you just did was create a business relationship with God. You do not give to God to get. That means that promotes greed, selfishness, and pride. You've turned God into Santa Claus or your convenient spiritual slot machine. 
I'm going to put something in. God, I'm going to pull the lever and you roll stuff out. No. What you do is you give to give and you get. In other words, the motivation is service and ministry and helping which means that you have to be humble to be a servant because you're concerned about somebody outside of yourself. When you give to get, the only person you're concerned about is you because I'm doing this to get. But when you give to give, you're concerned about another. When God sees you're concerned about another, he knows your motives are pure, so he rolls back around to you. Check out the latest edition of our half-hour daily program, and sign up for Dr. Evans' free weekly email devotional when you visit TonyEvans.org. And be sure to join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Have you ever wondered if you could change your ways? Hello, I'm Walker Wildman, host of AFA at the Core. This weekend, we'll talk about, in his image, AFA's latest documentary on gender identity and how God's power can transform your life. Tune in Saturday at 3 p.m. Central on American Family Radio. And the Salvation Army Band is playing this hymn. And your grace rings out so deep, it makes my resistance seem so thin. So hold me, Jesus, cause I'm shaking like a leaf. You have been king of my glory. Won't you be my prince of peace? Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Hold on to Jesus. What a great song. Amen. It is Fireway Friday, and uh, we're so glad you're listening, folks. A lot of calls on the board. Here's this number, toll-free, nationwide. It's 888 589 We'd love to hear from you today and talk about the Word of God and we, take your Bible questions. Where, we, where we, should we go next? Well, let me say one more thing to Lucy before we go. Them asking her to use a term generic, they or them, would be completely different than calling them the opposite of what their you know, God gave them, and uh, but still, it's difficult. And sometimes uh, these people are confused. They're not just uh, angry. Uh, we had that uh, with our program that our, our news, uh, not program, but the film that the studios put out in, in his, his image, image. We had gender legitimate confusion over gender because of their childhood many times. So, uh, again, there's no compromise when it comes to your feelings and what you stand for. But if uh, I remember what Lucy's saying, there's trying to get some kind of compromise on that. Uh, there's, there's, you can bend, but don't break. Now, Lucy, I just say I'm praying for you. And everybody write down Lucy from Ohio and be in prayer for her concerning her job, concerning what she needs to do, and uh, be praying because it's probably coming to a neighborhood near you uh, with those decisions, Alex. So, I, again, yeah, we need to I pray know. for her. So, Lucy, thank you for calling. 
Well, let's next go to Indi uh, Indiana and talk to Mike. Mike, welcome. Okay, didn't get Mike. Let's go to Joseph in Mississippi. Okay, wait just a minute. I've got something wrong. Okay, here we go. Yeah, Joseph in Mississippi. Welcome, Joseph. Uh, how you doing, uh, professors and uh, doctors? <laughs> <laughs> doing great God today. You. Yeah. Yeah, y'all are blessed. I got a, I got a question for you. It's going to challenge you just a little bit. Um, Second Kings twenty two forty six, and it talks about the remnant of the Sodomites. So I'm trying to think: Are those the remnant of Sodom and Gomorrah? Okay. What's the scripture, Joseph? Give us that uh, scripture once again. Second uh, Kings twenty two forty six. Okay. Okay. You got that, Alex? And, uh, yeah, I, I do. It says, and from the land he exterminated the remnant of the Sodomites. Uh, now listen to this. Some translations like the ESV say, from the land he exterminated the remnant of the male cult prostitutes who remained in the days of his father Asa. Now, the, the word sodomy relates to the town of Sodom and Gomorrah. And that was Genesis 19, 1 through 26. And so Sodomite has come to mean, you know, uh, male homosexuality. So the First Kings twenty two forty six, 46, um, yeah, I, I would think that would, you know, be a remnant of homosexuality. Um, you know, it's translated Sodomite in a number of translations, but um, from Sodom that God rained down fire on. Well, here in, saying, the, in the New King James Version, it makes it even plainer. And the rest of the perverted persons who remained in the days mm. of his father Asa, he banished from the land. And so the New King James, which is a very uh, stout translation, it's the only word I can, mm. you know, they yeah. they try to stay as close to the original as possible and it says perverted person so joseph i think uh that was true uh and so alex uh, i think i think that's what I'm talking about you know there's nothing new under the sun you know we think and, this is new listen uh ecclesiastes makes it plain uh now we hear more about it and there's more of it and it's it's now in place of it just being seldom now it's being promoted and that's uh you know when it becomes promoted read the book of judges and see what happens when sin like this is promoted in a community and the well, last and few chapters it's perversion all over isn't it well it is and let me say this and i know this is getting a little bit technical here but in the um, second kings 22:46 the remnant of the sodomites now some translations will say male cult prostitutes well those th there are those that are very misguided and and they'll say that well uh the sin of the city of sodom wasn't homosexuality it was lack of hospitality and it wasn't homosexuality in general that was being condemned but just the prostitution 
All right, that's false. Any and even if the only scripture we had was Second Kings twenty-two that alluded to homosexuality, I could see where maybe somebody might try to make that. But there are so many scriptures that definitely condemn all homosexual activity. Another thing I want to say is this: um, clearly, the Genesis nineteen condemns Sodom and the sexual sin there. And Bert, let me let me give you several other ancient sources, uh, the writings of Josephus, and also the um, well, what was called the the pseudepigrapha and the commentaries on the Old Testament by Jewish leaders. In fact, Josephus, Josephus, in writing of um, the destruction of Sodom, and he was the you know writer antiquities of the Jews, he said that. In the ancient world, the sodomites, the male homosexuals, would would molest young boys by violence and force. And Josephus even, and certainly he lived closer to the times, and he was a more accurate commentator than any modern liberals today. But even Josephus said that the scriptures of the Hebrew God condemn homosexuality for a number of reasons, but not the least of which it was the molestation and the violent by force uh, raping of little boys. Yep. And, well, let, and so don't don't let anybody ever try to tell you that you can square up homosexuality with the, the Word of God. It can't be done. You cannot. And again, I let me just show with the In His Image is a production of American Family Studios. Well done. First class and it will give you what you need in order to know what the Bible says, but it also lets you know the redemption that comes in Jesus Christ for those that have been uh, molested early and gone that way. And, and, and so in his image, check it out. Okay, let's go to Indiana. We cut Mike off a moment ago. Mike, thank you for calling back and holding on, brother. Yes. Um I, I mentioned to the uh, call person uh, about uh, uh, a curse. Some guy who's teaching uh, at our church said, uh, "You haven't had, you don't have any temptations, no trials," and that was kind of a surprise to me. But uh, I went up and. I don't remember what he said. I don't even remember walking up there. I've gotten prayer for the the ears shutting up, so I'm good there now. But that was decades ago. And everything, I mean, I'd pray for somebody, and whatever they had came on me. Um, And later on, some lady that was pretty sharp about... uh, uh, understanding that stuff, said that you have uh, doubt, unbelief, and skepticism. And it was like, I before I had, I mean, before all this, I had grace, mercy, and love of God. I had faith, hope, and love in God. And it, it just all crashed. I need to get out from underneath this. I'm... Okay. Hey, Mike, listen. People 
and what they can try to do, and it they may be manipulation. Alex, now check it out and see what you, what I'm trying to put together here. Manipulation, the thought of suggestion with, uh, I, I would say, even the fear, you know, and Satan uses that. The manipulation and fear are two of his greatest tactics in order to damage believers. You know what I mean? It sounds like Mike yeah. may be in that area. Did, did it come and, across and you that way as well? Exactly. Do we have the caller still on the phone? Mike's still on the phone. Go ahead, Alex. Mike, and, and let me just ask you this, brother, and, and my heart goes out to you because I, I believe I hear the concern in your voice. You you know that you're born again, and there's there was a time when you asked Christ to come into your life and to be your Savior, correct? Yes. Yes. Amen. I'd, I'd and, be singing praises at the beginning of the the meeting, and God would heal me there. I had some lung problems, and it, it's a long story, but I, yeah. both, both lungs got healed. Well, let me say this. As a born-again believer, to and I say this not only for you, Mike, but for anyone listening, when you when you say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God, and I believe on the cross you died for me. Lord, I receive you as my Savior. Wash my sins away. Save me. However you voice it, but you, you've come to Christ and been saved. I would encourage you, brother, to read, well, for one thing, read the New Testament book of Romans and understand your identity in Christ. Bert is right. I, I think that the devil is probably playing with your emotions. And look, for one thing, one person can't put a hex or something on somebody else. But even if they could, all you need to do is say, Lord Jesus, set me free. In the name of Jesus, Satan, be far away from me. I cast away Satan in the name of Jesus. Lord, I want to walk in the fullness of your Holy Spirit. And Mike, I want to encourage you, the minute that we hang up the phone, I want you to pray and just completely give yourself to the Holy Spirit and believe what God's Word says about your status. I want to tell you, my brother, uh, you are a new creation. The chains have been broken. Uh, you've been set free. The Spirit indwells you and seals you. And uh, take God at His Word and joyfully, confidently believe what the Word of God says about your status, because that's your true identity, isn't it, Bert? It is, and we're going to take time to pray for you, Mike. Lucy, if you're still listening, we're praying for you as well. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray for victory in the life of Mike. I pray that, as Alex said, that he would know who he is in the identity that you have given him in this relationship. And, Father, that he, you would bring him through and let him see the work that you've done in his life. And I pray the Holy Spirit of God would just uh, just fill him with courage and strength and hope. And we pray for the victory that's in you to be in Mike. And, Father, for Lucy, we, we're not going to forget her pray for her job. I pray, God, yes, that there would be her. some kind of, of help there. But if, if it's not there, I pray you'd help her to stand and stand strong, but strength, stand in love and truth. We believe this. We trust that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 
Thank you, Mike. Let's go to Alabama and talk to Aaron. Aaron, welcome. Is that yes. Burton Alex? Your own brother. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. Well, thank you, uh, Brother Burton, Brother Alex. First of all, kudos to you guys a thousand times. You 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 <laughs> you oh. guys are everything good that everybody calls this show says you are. Because when I listen to you three or four times a week, you guys are, are, are awesome. Okay, bless I'll you. I just put it that way. But I wanted to ask you're, you a question, you're so Burton, kind. Alex, that I wanted to ask you guys a question that you might not even be able to answer. Uh, I'm considered a black conservative, even a white supremacist, and, I, and I'm a black guy. So it's my way of thinking. And I'm serious. I, I found out out a month ago. I'm like, are you serious? I'm considered. And I found it out on on uh, AFR radio, uh, Alex and Burton, as a matter of fact, when they, when they were talking about that stuff. But I want to ask you a question. I watch all kind of Christian TV. My favorite, even though he's been gone, and they just took him off about two weeks ago. I can't find him anymore. Adrian Rogers, but I still got him on my desktop. Mm. <laughs> Why is it that Israel, Bert and Alex, I guess half of them still don't believe uh, that the Messiah has come? And why is it that on Christian TV, everyone I watch, they never show my black Jewish brothers and sisters? Oh. I get people that I talk to who they don't even know they, they don't even know they exist. I say you do know we have black brothers, Jewish and sisters. Uh, hey, hey, Aaron, time's running out. Don't hang up. Stay with us, brother. Uh, you are listen. You're just talking about me and Alex encouraging you. Alex and I are encouraged by hearing you, brother. So, amen. 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 So we're going to come back, and we're going to talk to Aaron, and we've got other calls, Dana, Tammy, Essence. So don't go away. We'll be back with more of Exploring the Word. AFR and our listeners support the men and women of law enforcement. I'm calling to say thank you. I want to say to the police officers, sheriff's officers, deputies and all, but not everyone in the United States hate you. We love you and we pray for you and we thank you for your service. Thank you so much and God bless you. Pray for law enforcement with American Family Radio. Washington Watch advances a culture where human life is valued and religious liberty thrives. Hello, this is Tony Perkins, host of Washington Watch, right here on the American Family Radio Network, inviting you to join us each weekend for the weekend edition of Washington Watch for the latest from our nation's capital on what is happening as it pertains to faith, family, and freedom. You'll hear from policymakers, congressional leaders, and others each day, 4 p.m. Central Time. Be there. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Parents of first-grade children at the exclusive New York City Dalton School, a private school, were enraged when they discovered their children were shown a sex ed cartoon that encouraged children to touch themselves for pleasure. The video was created by digital media platform Amaze. Did I mention that this was shown to first-graders? And the parents didn't learn about it until after the children had already seen it. There's an all-out assault on our culture to sexualize our children. Do you know what your children are being taught? 
Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. In John chapter 19, verse 30, we read, Jesus said, it is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. A man was surrounded by family and friends in his last moments before dying. A friend asked, tell me, brother, do you fear crossing over the river of death? The dying man said, oh, no, brother, I do not fear, because my father owns the property on both sides of the river. Jesus crossed the river of death for you. He finished the work of salvation on the cross so that you can walk each day held in the Father's hands. You can entrust your life and your death to Him. For those who know Jesus Christ as Savior, when you come to the river of death, God will carry you safely over. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. set free by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ in liberty. You are free in Christ. And uh, praise the Lord. Zach Williams is writing and singing some songs, Alex, that uh, you can tell that guy has been redeemed by the blood Amen. of Jesus. He's writing about it. And he, the chain breaker and comes with some more. So praise the Lord. Amen. God's still using men and women to write good songs. And I praise God for that. Hey, Sunday's a special day. It's Law Enforcement Appreciation Day this Sunday, yes. June the 13th. It's a time to appreciate the law enforcement in your community, even nationwide. But pray for them and urge your pastor and Sunday school teacher to pray for those law enforcement officers. And we have them just about in every church. And they go out there every day putting their life in online for us. So Thank them and appreciate them. Recognize them. And if you need some idea of what to do, you can go to afa.net for some helpful resources. Law Enforcement Appreciation Day this Sunday, June the 13th. Well, uh, let me piggyback a little bit on the question uh, before the break. Uh, Was this uh, Dana in Arkansas? Yeah, was she's that next. Aaron's the one. That we're this is Aaron. With. Yeah. This you is know, Aaron. Aaron, God bless you. In Re- Romans chapter 11, it talks about the blindness of Israel and the times of the Gentiles. And one of the great tragedies of the world, I mean, really, one of the greatest tragedies of world history is that many, many Jews have not recognized their Messiah. Now, many have. And my friend, Dr. Michael Brown, who's a born-again Jewish person, says that he thinks there are more believing Jews right now today than at any time since the first century. And so, um, interestingly, really, in a biblical sense, a true Jew is one who is a believer in Messiah. So why have they not believed on Jesus yet? Um, you know, the world, the flesh, and the devil— that, that same sin nature that blinds a, a lot of us. 
Um, I will say this, and it's been my joy, Bert, to lead a few Jewish people to Jesus, and they were born again. But one young man I was witnessing to one time, before he accepted Christ, and he ultimately did put his faith in Jesus, he said, but if I, if I do this, it's like I've betrayed my ancestors. And I said, well, um, not necessarily, but what's worse than betraying your ancestors is betraying the Savior who offers himself. And I said, look, um, anyone who dies in a state of unbelief, if you come to Christ, that's not going to change their eternity. And it doesn't really serve any good purpose for you also to die in a state of unbelief. So, I, Bert, I think a lot of the reluctance to accept the Messiah on the part of these precious Jewish people is, it's almost like an admission that, well, all those who came before me that rejected Messiah were wrong. And that's true. Uh, but listen, you, and I want to say to everybody hearing this broadcast right now, nothing is more important than where you stand with the Lord. Amen. And Go ahead. You're going to have to give an account for yourself. That's the whole yes. idea. Uh, those that went before you, they had to give an account of themselves to the Lord. Uh, but Aaron, brother, thank you. And pray for Israel. Pray for Jerusalem. Pray that the Jewish nation and the Jewish people uh, would see Jesus as Messiah. Thank you, Aaron. Yes. Uh, Dana in Arkansas, welcome to Exploring the Word. Thank you for holding. Thank you. Good afternoon. My question has to do with the prophecies around Jesus being buried. It says, you know, multiple places Jesus would be in, in the tomb, three days, three nights, so to speak, just like Jonah. And, and so when we uh, celebrate Good Friday and Easter Sunday, that's only two nights. So is that just a contemporary miscalculation in terms of how the Passover really transpired? Or is, the, is there some type of theological chronology, chronology difference? That's that, my question. Anyway. Okay, Dana, thank you. Again, Alex, is this is one of the questions. It's 100 questions. Uh, this is one we get quite often, Dana. It is true because it can be confusion. But, Alex, let me try to set it up, and you take it away. For the Jewish mind, a part of one day is considered the day. Uh, like, here's what I'll say. We're going to have, and this is self-promotion. I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway because it fits with what you're talking about. We're having the fishbowl retreat, and it's three days and two nights is how we advertise it. But what we say is, Come and be a part of the fishbowl retreat for three days. It is part, but one of those, two of those days is just part of a day, Alex, you know? Mm -hmm. And the That's three true. days and three nights, an idiom was an idiom for the whole day. So, Dana, yeah. Alex, you can do add to that, please. Yeah, and, and thank you for calling, uh, Dana. And I've, I've interviewed a lot of people about this, including some Hebrew scholars and a man that was once a rabbi and then became born again. Um, in, in Matthew 12, 40, where Jesus says that he will be buried three days and three nights, um, it doesn't mean that he had to be in the tomb 72 hours. Uh, and Bird is right that in their mindset, uh, part of a day equal all of the day. You know, if I, let's say I, I'm in North Carolina, but 
I went to see a person in the hospital Wednesday in South Carolina. And I said, Wednesday I was in South Carolina. Well, in reality, it was only a few hours Wednesday I drove down to visit a person in the hospital. But I speak of it as if it were the entire day. Well, um, he, he died. I believe he was crucified on Friday. So daytime and nighttime Friday. Then you've got nighttime and daytime Saturday. And you've got nighttime and then sunrise Sunday. So you really do, even though it would have been probably more like about 36 to 40 hours rather than 72 hours, um, you do have a day and night from Friday, a day and night from Saturday, and a day and night from Sunday. And so the disciples in the early church, I'll say this and we'll move on, they preached that Jesus was raised, quote, on the third day. And he really was, because Sunday was the third day since he'd been put in the tomb. So there's, there's really no conflict there. It doesn't have to mean a full 72 hours. Uh, Mississippi, Tammy in Mississippi, welcome. Hi. Um, I attended a funeral for a 10-year-old yesterday who died in a car crash because she wasn't wearing a seatbelt. Mm, so and sorry. I know that there's a time appointed for everyone that God has a time, and it was her time. And nothing that could have been said or done could have prevented it because it was her time for her to go home to heaven to be at his hand. Um, but my daughter, when I was talking to her about this today, said, so I should never wear my seatbelt again because if it's my time, it's going to be my time. And I couldn't respond to her. Um, because I know we should wear our seatbelts and we should do everything not to tempt our Lord. Um, but she's right. If it's our time, it's our time, and nothing we can do to, can prevent that. How should I have answered her? Tammy, thank um, you for your call. Alex, go first. I, I've, I thought of two things I want to say, but you go. Well, first of all, God bless you, our condolences, and uh, God bless you for being a Christian mother. Oh, my word, what a wonderful role it is you're playing in the life of your children. Uh, it does say that it's appointed unto man once to die, Hebrews 9.27, but we shouldn't do anything to hasten that along. First uh, Corinthians uh, 6, 19 and 20, we are stewards. And so if a child, and, and this is wonderful, I, I don't know the age of your daughter, but, you know, in um, childhood, really up through... <laughs> young adulthood, our um, rational skills are developing, and sounds like she's doing a good job trying to reason through this. Um, we know that we are going to die at some point, but as a steward, really it's on us to do all that we can to stay healthy and live healthy. And so while, yes, everybody does have the time of their passing, um, we shouldn't uh, usher it along, should we, Bert? We should not. Let me give you two thoughts real quickly, Tammy, and I, I don't. I hope they'll register with your daughter. One is Moses. Uh, God prepared his body not only to read the children of Israel out of Egypt, but also to take them into the promised land. But because of disobedience and disobeying it was about the rock and him striking the rock two times in places speaking to the rock uh and disobedience god took him out earlier than it he had to be 
Matter of fact, it says his eyes were not dim, nor his, and I'm reading, I'm quoting from the King James, his natural force abated. In other words, God had his body ready to last a few more years, but because of not doing that, I would say, you know, wearing a seat belt and all of that, uh, you know, yes, you, you do want to do that. You, you, that's not what God intended. I also, Alex, I, I go to a, several cemeteries. Um, I, I guess it's a, kind of a hobby is to visit cemeteries and look at, uh, it's not because I have a death wish, but I, I love to see what the headstones say. But yeah, if you go to some, you'll find out in the early 1900s, you'll find so many babies that died early. And, mm. and now those babies, most of those babies live, even in third world countries, those babies die quickly and early. Uh, I, I thought of another book. We talked about the 100 questions and our answers. We might come up with another one, 100 questions that we can't answer. <laughs> and yeah, and, and I'm, I, I'm saying this, I hope, I hope I'm not sounding, you know, frivolous, but honestly, there's some things that's bigger than we are, and part of that is when death occurs with some people. Alex, I hadn't figured it all out yet. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I say, Lord, I sure could have used. It's uh, as, as similar to to what he's, uh, the caller said about uh, Adrian Rogers and him being dead. I wished he could live ten more years with that, you know. And yeah, and I think so, our, our denomination needed him. You better believe it. But so, Tammy, uh, pray with her. Tell her to wear a seatbelt. And the steps of a godly person are ordered of the Lord. The main thing is you walk with the Lord and let him guide your steps, but also keep your days, however long they are. Yes. Well, we're going to go to Texas now. And, um, Bert, if you've got the – can you hit that button? I and sure can. Let me get it over here. I was, I was away from it, but I can do it, I do think. you see yeah. the, the I got from it, Texas? yeah. Essence from Texas. Essence, hey, welcome. Hey, I wanted to say quick to um, the lady that called in, uh, Lucy, and anybody else. Uh, whenever I've been confronted to accept these terms from people, my answer to them is always scripture. I keep it in my pocket on an index card. And when they say something to me, I pull out the card and I say, hey, check this out. And I don't even go into their conversation. And I plant that seed right there. But I don't use any scripture that talks against the homosexuality because they, they get irate right away. So if they're hearing just something out of the Bible, you know, and you give them a prayer or whatever and let that seed be put in there. Because I've had people come to me and try to get me to go in those conversations. And I'm not going to be guilted in that. I've got Jesus' sword, and I'm going to carry it, and I'm going to give him the scripture. That's all I do. And those people end up walking away from me. Okay, listen. The Word of God, Alex, is the Word of God. Listen, mm -hmm. uh, if, even if they don't accept it as the Word of God, guess what? It doesn't keep it from being the Word of God and settled in heaven. So essence is, is strong on that. And the Word of God speak, but I, I still want to recommend in His image, uh, oh yeah, for His time because it really does. Uh, I, I think it touches the heart of those that have no 
compassion whatsoever for some of the people who have been caught up in the sin of homosexuality. And there is a difference in how you treat uh, homosexuals uh, and then how you treat the agenda of the homosexuals. We stand against the agenda of this movement. It's perverted. But there's individuals out there, Alex, I've come up with. They're hurting. Uh, they got caught up in it, and you've gone over the reasons why sometimes they go into that lifestyle. And, and so, uh, Alex, there's this balance that we've got to reach to stand strong against the agenda, but at the same time saying God's love is real, and we need to demonstrate it, that God has a better plan for you, don't we? Absolutely. And absolutely. And, and let me say this, what what makes the rise of the gay movement so dangerous, and now things like Black Lives Matter and reparations and stimulus checks and, and all the things that are just unprecedented that are going on right now, people are using the Constitution to try to defend and legitimize things that really undermine the preservation of the Constitution. That's right. In other words, people are using the Constitution to try to do things that are unconstitutional. Um, Bert, uh, I don't know that we have time for another call. We don't. We don't. Let me do this real quickly, and then you can take us off with what you need to. I've been promoting In His Image. You can go to inhisimage.movie, and you can view it, uh, and you can order more and give it out, inhisimage.movie. Alex, thank you, brother, but go ahead. Well, we have a group of rights, natural rights, and the technical word is penumbra. We have a penumbra of rights guaranteed by the Constitution. What we're seeing with all these court cases and abortion on demand is not natural rights, but special rights. And it, right. we've got to get back to the moral foundation we were built on. This is Exploring the Word, Bird and Alex. Hey, go to AFR.net. You can listen again, forward a link, download the podcast. Please tell somebody about Exploring the Word. Most of all, tell everybody about Jesus. Jesus.